What's up? It's Sierra. Hey, it's Ebony. And And welcome welcome to the the Real Play Podcast. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome back to the Real Play Podcast. I'm Sierra. Hi, it's Ebony. And today we have a special guest, Jocelyn. Yeah, did I say that right? Yeah, it's Jocelyn. Yeah, I didn't even practice, but we're going to keep that. No, you can't. That's this is. I can read. <laughs> Welcome, Jocelyn, to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you for coming today. Thank you. How are you, you doing today? I'm doing great. Yes. Enjoying the, the sunshine that's out today because it's been raining like crazy these past couple of days. But I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm great. well. We're about to talk about something. Uh but well, before we get to the topic, let me let me back up. It's been a while since I started the podcast for us. Can you just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, let them know about you? Yeah, yeah, of course. So my name is Jocelyn. I currently live in Northern Virginia and I'm a school counselor um, at a high school. I am single. So any male listeners, no, I'm just kidding. Um, It's okay. (laughs) If you see something you like, (laughs) but no, actually I am single, but um, I'm 32. I enjoy music, arts. Um, I'm just pretty chill person. So yeah. You enjoy watching TV, Netflix series, right? Right. I do. I do. When I, especially when people suggest them, I love a good Hulu series, a good Netflix, whatever. I appreciate it all. Yes. Well, today we brought her on because we're going to talk about the Netflix series that's out right now that everyone is talking about and seems like everyone has seen, even my daddy, but I have not. <laughs> Bridgerton, right? So, can you guys just give us an overall, like, really quick two-minute synopsis of what Bridgerton is about? And then we'll dive in to what we really want to talk about. So I wanted to uh, say before we get there is um, <coughs> I always post, like, hey, guys, I watched this on Netflix. You guys need to watch it. Um, and most of the time, people, like, write me back and say, oh, I'm already watching it. Or yeah, I'll get to it, and, and then they'll let me know how they like it. Um, most of the time my suggestions are great I feel like (laughs) Um, but and I could be biased Um, so Bridgerton is basically about it's a romance um, based off a romance novel Um, and I I probably should get her um, name whoever wrote the book but um, and I haven't read the book but uh, Shonda Shonda Rhimes Shonda Uh, girl Shonda yes right Shonda Land um, <laughs> produced this uh, series on Netflix and it is awesome um, and it's just this romance set back in I think in the 19 I won't give a, a date because I really don't know probably like, like the Victorian type period yeah Victoria era mm-hmm. and yeah. Victorian era and um, the there's a queen who they say symbolize Queen Charlotte. Um, there's this high class society with a duke and um, people with money. And um, it's basically, basically this young lady is trying to find someone to marry her and all the other young ladies are too. So they're all um, basically going after the same guys mm-hmm. trying to um 
get married because in that society that is what you did you when you became of age you got married and I don't know what else to describe about it because we'll be talking about points I don't want to give everything away Mm -hmm. right have anything to add to that um no I think that's that was perfect I did just want to add the the name of the author of the books um is Julia Quinn she wrote the book series and there's apparently there's eight books in the series and oh. each First book series. is about one it. of the children so anthony benedict colin all of them oh and the stories are they're set between 1813 and 1827 during the regency period in england okay i was looking off with my dates <laughs> okay yeah i mean i i purposely didn't take history in college because that's not my thing um i took humanities instead so yeah, dates. You could have said it was during the Civil War, and I'd have been like, okay, like you know, I just, I just let me carry. But yeah, right. and it's funny because my dad's, um, his degree was in history, but yet I, I ran from it. I was like, what can I take instead? They said you could take humanities. Okay, that's like the Bible. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, sorry. So now we've got a little background of Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Y'all That's just, it. I, yep. I messed it up 10,000 times trying to for this uh, podcast. So we're in England. We're in the 18th, mm-hmm. 1813-ish time frame. Mm-hmm. So let's dive in. So let's start off with the first episode. On the first episode, um, you have these young ladies like rushing. You don't know why they're rushing. Um, and they're getting ready. They're getting dressed. And they all eventually are rushing to go and meet the queen and they want the queen to say something nice about them right Mm -hmm. that's the goal and so um you know this one young lady she goes in front of the queen and she faints and so um, the queen kind of like looks at her and you know dismisses of her and then (laughs) uh Daphne who is central character she walks in and she looks regal she has um she looks innocent she has on white she has on gold um and she walks in very flawlessly um and she bows before the queen the queen kind of gets up a little bit and says flawless like which gave Daphne like the stamp of approval saying that Mm -hmm. you know you are the one to watch this season because it was um, during London season, that's when everybody would come to um, try to get married during this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was exciting. However, um, it made her the one to watch too. So now uh, going back to her house afterwards, um, she's all excited because she thinks, you know, I'm going to get married. All of these men are going to be knocking on my door. And there was crickets. There was nobody mm. <laughs> coming to knock on her door. You know, not a one. This is sad. Ooh, life. That's sad. so real. That's that's real life right there. Real life says. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know what? That can be a, a metaphor for you know or, when we were younger, people would say, "You're gonna get married by the time you're 30. You hit 30, and here we are. Crickets, nothing. So." Mm. Um, anyway, so she is, um, kind of disappointed because there's no suitors. 
Mm-hmm. But one of the things someone says in the uh, series is like, where one comes, the rest will follow. So all she needs is that one, then everyone else. That's real life too. Yeah. <laughs> you can be single forever. You start talking to one person or you say, oh, I got a boyfriend. Everybody, it's like on you. Like why right. not? So that's- It's like they just smell it. Yeah, they smell when you're happy. <laughs> you know? Why do disgust? Like- <laughs> because like you had all your chances. I'm here, I'm single. And the second- I get a man all of a sudden, oh, I just wanted to let you know, I always had a crush on you or, oh, can we go out? That, that's your man, but you know what I'm saying? Let me get your number. Bruh, I was single for five years. Okay. I don't know why that popped in my head. What was it? Let me get your number and I'll call. I'll follow that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, if that's part of the show, like that's, it seems like there's some real life parallels to like oh so many you know time period that we're in yes so many she's good for that yeah she is um and so based off like the first part I want to talk about is like the goal to get married like there was this aspiration like once we get married marriage will fix every single thing her mom uh kept telling Daphne like you know your goal is to get married and have babies like when you get married, you're gonna have babies, you're gonna start your family on, it'll be fine. She didn't really prepare her for the actual marriage. It was just preparation to get you married. Mm-hmm. And so how do you guys think that is kind of like parallel for today? Or you can you can also talk about the church and marriage, you know, surrounding that as well. So oh go ahead. You no, know, no, please. I talk all no, the time on this podcast. I'm gonna let the guests go ahead, girl. No, no. No, so well, I was gonna say I can definitely, I can definitely see um, their relationship with that into how how it is now in terms of our faith in church because I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. so it's definitely a structure of, you know, go to school, you're gonna meet your husband or wife, get married, have kids. That's not just like the American dream, you know, the white picket fence, the dog, the children, but I feel like that is what has been um, taught and encouraged in the church, you know, simply obviously because, you know, we're taught not to engage in premarital sex, not to, you know, you know, have all these encounters. So it's like, you gotta wait till you're married. So the goal is to get married, Um, but they never teach us how to be wives and husbands and they never teach us the preparation. Well, I can't say never, but you know, for the most part, there's a lacking. Yeah, that's that. not their focus. Their focus yes. is to get you married and say, oh, my child or my my niece or whoever is married, but they don't prepare you for the marriage. Exactly. They like, also don't tell you there is no pot at the end of the rainbow, right? Me and Jocelyn have talked about this before. It's like, oh, save yourself for marriage. And once you get married, you know, again, it, everything will be fine. But they don't tell you that marriage is not always the prize. Like, what's after marriage? Right. Mm-hmm. What's after marriage or what's after the wedding? Well, I guess in terms of, yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of like, so I feel like a lot of people, when they talk about marriage, even like in, in the church aspect, in terms of the urgency or like the importance of it is so that you can have sex. I'm just be honest. Like, I right. feel like that's 
where it's at. It's not necessarily like, oh, get married so you can have the your person for the rest of your life, so you can have someone to share bills with, so you can have someone to travel with, so you can have someone to, you know, talk to every night. I think it's more so like you would get married so you can have sex and have children. Mm. So I feel like what we have to understand is that and what we need to be taught and that is more than just sex because you don't know what this is going to be like let's just be honest so you have to now learn to number one be a wife learn to be a husband learn to live with someone you know in, in the same home learn you know what they like what they don't like you know how they maneuver so you know piggybacking to Bridgerton um Daphne you know they're a raised like just go get married but no real blueprint on how that's going to look like a, a, a disagreement what do you do you know what I mean like ha what happens if you know your husband wants this for dinner and you don't know how to cook it you know what I mean like just simple things like so I feel like everything is was always to the end result and never preparation so mm -hmm. once you get there you know because for some people there it's easy to get married I mean I feel like any of us could be married at any time but you know, we're just not going to marry just anybody. It's a <laughs> you know? choice to be single. Let it be known. It is a choice. I mean, you know, sometimes we're a little bit out of our control. But right. honestly, I think anybody can, if they want to get married, they can find someone that's going to marry them. Absolutely. It's the ones that wait, take their time, take their time to be single, know themselves. Yep. We on to something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, there's also a part where... Um, and we can probably talk about this later too. She didn't prepare her for the actual sex part of marriage either. It was just like, mm -mm. you'll learn what to do once you get there. Your body will react once you get there, but not like, oh, this is what this is. And um, something that Daphne said is like, oh, I understand now why people don't tell you about it because then people would do it all the time. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, they want to explore that thing okay and then she, <laughs> let me see what that's really about <laughs> and then when she finally got some from the duke i'm sure she they were exploring it quite a bit when, you know, they were they were married at that time but yeah no i definitely think that um that is something where just in human like human nature, human development, it just kind of lacks in terms of preparation and what to really expect. Because I also think there's a, there's a underlying like responsibility that women are just going to follow suit with what the man says. So the submission word, which I'm not opposed to submission, you know? So whenever you say submission, I don't automatically think negative. However, there are different levels, you know? Um, and I think that women are also just taught like once you get married just do what your husband says you know like yeah that's what he wants do it you know where it's like I mean I get letting him lead and you know what I'm saying like giving him that that comfort and knowing that he can make decisions but it ain't just everything like we're still married we're still together still you know as team. a unit so I feel like that's the same thing like you know what she was telling Daphne and the, and the other girls just kind of like whatever they say you know whatever your husband says like you'll figure it out. It's like, you just want me to just marry off to get somebody rich, you know, so that I can just keep this name and I can keep the money coming in. Like, that's what it's all about, you know? And money just doesn't solve everything, you know? So. It does not. Um, 
But just to say one more thing about the whole, like, the goal to get married and it's going to fix everything. I do think that that is what a lot of people think about now, even whether it's with something that's been told to them by their parents or not. I think they just see married people and just think, oh, I just want somebody. And once I get married, my life is going to be so much better. Like, it's going to solve all the problems. And really, it doesn't solve anything. It may add additional problems because now you have another person you have to learn, another person that you have to make decisions with. You're not doing it all on your own. And a lot of people are focusing on not really marriage, but on the wedding. So that's why I asked you, are you saying the church doesn't teach us what happens after marriage? Or are you saying the church doesn't teach us what happens after the wedding? Because those are two different things. Because a marriage can be taught after like, what's after a marriage? Either it's a divorce or a widowed situation. They don't teach you that, how to deal with that. And they also don't really dig in too much on right after the wedding, which is the most important thing, because that's when the marriage starts, right. once you say I do. And um, it's just sad that there's a lot of people, they say that the number of people getting married, it's like, it's lowering right now. People are waiting longer to get married, which I think mm-hmm. is good. But then you still have people who are getting married really young and only lasting four years and then getting divorced and saying it's not what I want oh matter of fact he don't listen to this podcast but a guy did text me and he was like um I he wanted to talk to me and I'm like but I could have swore I found out after we went out on a couple dates that you were married didn't know right did not know so he was like I'm married but we're separated but I'm living in the same house as her because she needs help with the bills for our kids. This was, this was like two years ago. So I'm like, eh, I'm not good with that. So when he texted me on New Year's Day New, at midnight, I was like, happy new year. I didn't even know you still have my phone number, but he was like, oh, well, yeah, um, we're still married, but what I wanted at 35 is not what I wanted at 45. I said, but you're still married. Right. I said, what did you learn? He said, I learned that I don't want the same things. I was like, I understand that. But at the same time, you have to know that you're gonna either work with it, work on it, or you're gonna get a divorce, but you're not gonna to talk to me. And I told him, I was like, I okay. wanna be one day. I don't want that karma. I don't want it. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, you make your own karma. Bruh, like I had to finally put him, I didn't, I don't uh, block anybody, but I did put him on do not disturb. Right. I do not disturb, uh, mute. I muted mute. him. Um, Cause he just kept texting me. And that's why my post was like, you know, put the bottle down, put the drinks down. Happy new year. Don't text the ex. Cause it's not worth it. They not bringing this foolishness. And it sounds, he was one of those people who said he got married because of the kids. They had children. Mm. And his goal was to just make it work because they have kids. But 10 years later, you're not happy and you're still in this marriage. But did you even try to do any of the work? I know that's a little bit off the episode right. that we're trying to talk about, but when you think about it, people are going into these marriages now yeah. for all the wrong reasons. And even back in the day, it sounds like if they just want that money, they want that status for the family. They want this almost arranged type marriage thing just so that they can look good. I mean, marriage, honestly, is not all about love. I've learned that. Right. You got to be friends. It's got to be friendship. There's got to be love. It's got to be trust. But you just can't marry someone because I'm so in love with them because that's not going to work either. No. And it's more of like a contract. It's like a business. And I feel like if you, you know, thinking about how they are, you know, back in the 1800s, you know, this period, 
Um, and even now it's almost looked at as like a business contract, you know, mm -hmm. um, you have two people that bring in assets, some more than others. You have to figure out how to manage, you know, the business plan is basically you all sharing each other, you know, what you desire in the marriage, what you can do, what you can't do, or what you like and what you don't like. Um, in case somebody has to dip out and there's some liability, you have prenups that people sign. Like, I mean, it's literally like a business. So you're absolutely right when you say it's not just about love because sometimes you can really love someone. And when you realize like what you could lose, you know, the struggle it is to be with them, like even though how much you love them, that may not maintain the marriage, you know what I mean? And it's you, like you were saying as a single person, you know, you have to be able to evaluate and really know where you are, what you want, what headspace you're in, what emotional space you're in, you know, to be able to determine, can I be this for someone? You know, right. can I be this in a marriage, in a, you know, union of some sort? And again, that just comes with preparation, which we don't get. So we're just pushed into marriages. It's like push, 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 get married. And then what happens? You don't even know how to conflict. You don't even know conflict resolution. Hmm. And then what happens? You get divorced. We grew apart. Yeah, I hear that so much. That is the number one. We grew apart. <laughs> we grew apart. Like, what? That's not... The, People change, it, but you don't grow apart. Like, you no. work to grow together in the same place. Yes. So. Yes. So, yeah, girl, that's that's a whole that's a whole beast within itself. Okay. <laughs> and then don't bother me, right? So, you're married... <laughs> That's fine. Stay, stay married or, or go find someone else. Just don't right. come to my happy single life and try to put all of that on me. Like go Mama, figure out yourself, wherever you want to figure that out, but just don't do it with me. No entanglements over here. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I could have texted that. I didn't even think about that. I didn't, but yes, I had to still unmuted. Like, mm. yes. And, and don't be trying to disturb, like you said, my karma, you know, right. that was my main thing like, over here. I want to be a wife. I'm not going to be talking to someone else's husband, whether you're separated or not. Right. Okay. Household, because what if I get married and someone's talking to my husband? That's not okay. So right. doing that. it's not okay. He's too grown for that. You 45 years old. I didn't even realize he was that old, but, <laughs> but it's out there. But see, the problem is there are women here that are like, sure. Okay. So that's why, I mean, men just test their boundaries because there are women that are willing to do that, you know? So I don't necessarily, I mean, granted, I would never condone, approve, agree, support that at all, but I can understand why a man would be like, well, let me just shoot my shot. Even though I'm married and got a whole family, let me see, she might be down with it. And that's just... Ooh, like I said, a whole let me. That's a whole me, nother because that's why we're, in, we're here right now where we are because people, other women are taking stuff from these men. But we're not going to get on that because today we're talking about Bridgerton. Bridgerton you're going to come right. back. You're going to come back, sis, and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I definitely, um, we kind of already touched on it, wanted to talk about the idea of marrying for love and, for, and or for status, but I think we already kind of talked about that. Um, I think it's important to marry for, for love, obviously. Like, you don't want to marry somebody you don't love. Um, right. I, I think it's important to marry someone that you like. Mm -hmm. I think it's... Yes. I'm learning chemistry is very important, like having chemistry with someone, but also this might be... Uh, 
Well, no, I think this one is fine. Making sure you benefit in some sorts, right? So let's say you're bringing um, knowledge and because a lot of times we as women, men can be here and then we can just get you here just by being us, right? We are givers. And so I think that um, we need to make sure we, we are getting something in return. Like how is this relationship getting, benefiting me and not just benefiting you, you know, too. Um, and then making sure that you are loved, you are cherished, you know, those things and not just rushing Mm -hmm. into a marriage because, oh, they look good. Um, what they say sounds good because action and talk are two different things, you know, things. All my friends are married. Let me go ahead and marry this man. Cause you know, he cute or whatever. He got, he got a nice (laughs) car. I'm gonna marry him. And then what? Nothing. Then what? Easy because not easy. Obviously, I've never been married, but I'm just saying I can see how people would do that because, you know, after you think about, we're almost either 35 or hitting 35, right? Mm-hmm. Close. And so you look around and you're like, dang. All right. So if I want to have kids, how realistic is this? Like, and then you start yeah. thinking about other stuff and. All right, so I got I got to get on the two year plan. If I get married at you know thirty seven, that means I need to, um, you know, have kids within the year. But do I want to have kids right away, or do I want to you know get to know my husband and travel? Yes. But I need to support to do that because we can't have kids. You know, all of these thoughts keep swirling around. So yeah, very easy to do. It's a it's a real thing. It really is. But yeah, it is. There are some other options now dealing with kids if you want to. Mm-hmm do it later but we definitely hear our our, our biological clocks ticking but I think what's really important with that is that you don't idolize marriage to a point where you make it the end-all be-all for you mm-hmm. and that that's where you, I think you can get into a lot of trouble and you can still get the kids and you can still get the husband later on in life. But if you're making it your focus right now, you're just going to cause yourself to either one, make a bad decision and just marry someone too soon or two, mm-hmm. you're just going to cause unneeded stress, depression, stress. Yeah. all of that on yourself that you don't even need. And you missing out on, I would say missing out on living life. We still live in life, even though we in COVID and we can't do everything we want to do, but there's, right. there's things you can be doing when you, instead of focusing on, Oh, when am I going to get married? When is my husband going to come? I'm a, I'm a manifest, don't, I'm not saying, go ahead, manifest a husband, but don't like make that, like, that's the first thing and the last thing on your brain all day and watching all the videos. Cause then that's really going to start to get to you. I agree. Right. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to talk about, uh, if you want to talk about a certain character or if you just want to keep with the list of topics, but I did want to talk about, and I'm just going in no particular order, but the uh perfectionism and the wearing the mask there was a part um where Daphne was talking to her sister and her sister was like I'm so glad it's you this season and not me um and some sort of the conversation got around uh Daphne having to pretend you know and at that point you saw her as very innocent you saw her as that's who she was. But I think after that scene, we started seeing cracks in Daphne mm-hmm. and we started seeing her be humanized in a way that 
you know, she was just going along to get along. Like, this is what I have to do mm-hmm. to have kids because my mom and dad, you know, they were in a love marriage and I want a love marriage and they had kids and I want the same thing, not even thinking for herself during that whole time. And so she, you can see her wear a mask the whole time, but by the time she was getting married and had gotten married, that mask had completely, you know, disappeared because mm-hmm. she was no longer able to hide it. How long, what's the time span of the episodes? Like, is it a year, two years, a couple months? Does it even say? It doesn't really say. It seems like I it's like back to back, like days. Okay, so it's a short period. Yeah, like days. Okay. Yeah. Because everything is done expeditious. Like, now they were saying the only time they gave it a time period was when one of the royal children um, wanted to marry a, one of the girls who had a health condition, also known as pregnancy, but they <laughs> labeled it as a health condition because um, <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, so he wanted. They didn't she want other wanted people to, to know that so she, pregnancy was catchable. They didn't want them to know that right. pregnancy was a thing, and so they were like, "She's sick." Mm, okay. Yes. So I think that was the only time they used the time frame was in terms of them getting married because she wanted to hear we get married sooner, um, which we can touch on that as to why in terms of to make it appear as though it was his child and not a child from another man, um, but. We can go into that a little bit deeper um, later, but and they only mentioned like a time period. That was three days with Daphne and the Duke. They did talk about from them with the duel, we can talk about that to them getting married. That had to be with three days. Okay, oh, yeah. I was asking because you were saying how she wore a mask mm-hmm. and then it started to come off. I was just wondering how long was this mask, the coming off of it, how, did, how long did it take for that to take place i I don't think it was long i think maybe the london season if i had to i don't even know if the whole season yeah it was it was it was pretty fluid like they got married and just things just started going from there Hmm. yeah like they just started being she just became more aware you know of things that she didn't know you know what I mean? And it was just because they didn't have time to get to know each other. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess we could just, I guess I could yeah. just talk about it. I don't, I don't want to, you know, get off course, but so for, what's his name? Duke what? What's his name? Duke? His name uh, is Simon. I was going to say Duke. Simon, right, right. <laughs> no. Duke who? I was just trying to be funny. Duke Ellington. <laughs> no, right. Duke Ellington, right. Um, so Simon. On the housewives or I'm tripping? Huh? No. I don't get it. It's a it's a real person. There's like Duke a Ellington. yeah, he's a musician. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a whole art school in DC. <laughs> don't tell nobody I said that, but we on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Portia <laughs> with the underground. <laughs> I'm just making up something. I have no idea. I just said I don't get the reference. I was about to say Portia too. <laughs> no, I'm not nowhere near close to that. So that's only because we just talked about Portia before we started recording. Yeah, but I totally love Portia. I'm team Portia all the way. Okay, so I yes. love Portia. Um, so a little bit, of, a little bit of, about Simon, and Ebony, you can chime in if I miss out anything. So long story short, Simon 
um, mother died at birth mm. and which I don't, I don't know what happened, but she died at birth. I mean, we know that for a lot so, of- No, I do know what happened. Um, basically, they had told her that she could not, so she kept having miscarriages and mm-hmm. she had a couple of still um, births. So mm-hmm. they told her like, your womb cannot hold any babies. Like, don't try to have any more kids. But the husband really, 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 really wanted a son. Like, that's all he cared about was an heir to his throne for him to be Duke or whatever. Right. So but let me say why that was important. It was important because back in those times, there was not a black person in high society, right? It was the queen who kind of made it possible that they could be a duke or uh, a dukess, whatever you call it, in high society. Okay. And so he wanted to keep that line going, you know, because he felt right. like that was a, st- a status of honor. So was he going to be their only living child? Correct. And yeah. the fact that he was a, a boy. So not, let me just say, he, the father not only just wanted an heir, he didn't want a daughter, he wanted a, a son. A boy, right. So when he, <clears throat> so when she passed away, um, obviously it's just the son and the dad and then like their support staff, their handmaids and all that stuff. But Simon had a speech impediment and mm-hmm. um, he, he could still obviously like learn to do all of the responsibilities that a, that a c- upcoming Duke would. So the typical like riding horses, fencing, like whatever dukes do um he was able to do that and he was still able to read and i mean he was a smart kid he just he had a um, speech impediment so the dad was like oh no like basically you are useless that's what useless yes so he Mm -hmm. basically and he didn't just basically he said it he he was just like you know you're get away from me useless to me like you're you're not my son. He basically just excommunicated him from the family. Like, In which this is there was it. no family, so. Right. So he just, because he felt like he was not perfect, you know, he had a, um, he had a slight weakness to what the dad felt. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the, what's her name that came in? I don't know all the characters' names, but. Oh, I- I'll say that um, <laughs> he did try to go and visit his dad and his dad yeah. did try to come back around at one point, but because he still had that speech impediment, it wasn't, you know. So I think the, so the second time, so when the son, when Simon got older, he did. Um, Is it Lady Duvernay or Lady something? Yeah, something like that. When Simon was probably about, I don't know, he looked like probably about seven or eight, maybe eight eight-ish, eight or nine, I guess. He saw his dad again um, and he had a good conversation with his dad. However, Simon was dealing with the turmoil from how his dad talked to him and spoke to him when he was just a little boy. So he got fearful. And of course, when you do have a speech impediment, when you're anxious and you're nervous, it can come out. Even though I'm sure, like, even though, like, had he calmed down and was just able to, you know, speak, he was fine. Um, but his dad intimidated him in the way that his dad like looked at him in the presence. It just made him tense up. So he started to stutter again. And his dad was like, see, like, you're pointless. Like, get out of my face. Like you, you're nothing. So from there, Lady 
Savior, I don't know what her name is, she came and she basically said, you are not going to allow this, this little, you know, blemish to control your success and who you are. And she, you know, imparted wisdom and confidence and supported him and said, I'm going to be here to help you get through this. Yeah, so she, she was t- a mom's friend. So yeah. um, she felt that, you know, it was her duty as a friend that the mom is no longer here because she didn't even know she thought the son was dead too like everybody else because yeah. once um the duke just never said anything about his son and all the other kids had passed away so they just figured you know he ended up pa- the kids? He, he got remarried or something no he he just didn't he was in his house by himself and didn't bring the kid up and they didn't want to bring up like hey what happened to simon because you know, all of his other kids had passed away and they just felt like they didn't want to like. Like the miscarriages oh. that she had. Oh, I thought that's why I was like, wait, what other kids? So they never knew he was even born. They knew he was born, they knew, mm-hmm. but they thought that he passed away at some point. At a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they never saw him when he was this seven, five, seven, eight. No, because he's sitting him away. Okay. Yeah. He had a nanny. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. So he basically, his dad was ashamed of him and he was not going to um, introduce him to anyone because, you know, of his speech impediment. So it was just still like cared for him monetarily. Like, yeah, thankfully he at least had that. Yeah. So with that, Simon grew older and he obviously resented his father. I mean, he was I mean broken like his dad broke him so he on his father's deathbed he promised his father that the lineage would stop with him because he was not having kids mm-hmm. he was just like it's not happening because even at his deathbed the dad all the dad thought about all the dad cared about was an heir like he didn't care about being there and going through the trenches with his son and supporting him and and that's so parallel to like how our culture and how we're born and raised in the black community. So I had a lot of takeaways in that regard, which I can touch on that later. But to continue with this, you know, Simon just think felt in that moment so- his dad was almost proud. Like, I don't know if it's because he was dying and it was just, it seemed like he was proud like this much, but unwilling to show it. Yeah. And then Simon was like, oh, I'm about to kill that. And this is how. Yeah, because his dad was just kind of like, I mean, he did seem like he was happy to see him, Mm -hmm. but that happiness to actually see his son was superseded by the fact that I want you to know, I want you to have a child. Like, you're going to have a kid. You're going to have an heir. Like, do it. So it was like, oh, son, I'm happy to see you, but I'm even more happy that you're not of age. You're going to marry a wife. You're going to have kids. So it, it was still back to what broke him in the beginning was you're not good enough to be, you will never be a Duke. He was like, you know, when he was a kid, you know, his dad was like, you are supposed to be the next heir. You will never be a Duke with this issue. You know, with being like, what? Like you're an imbecile. He called them an imbecile. Like mm-hmm. you, you're nothing. So the only proud moment that he had was that his son comes in with confidence and boldness because of Lady Savior came in and supported him. And he came in now and he has this boldness and this confidence and this strength within himself. And now his dad is like, wow, like I'm so excited to see you you know, have kids, keep our air. And then Simon was just like, yeah, no, 
So I'm going to crush that like you crushed me. So in that, do you think that even though they didn't have a strong relationship, that it's for the child to honor the parent's wishes? Or do you think he was right for saying, you know what? I don't care if you're about to die right now. You didn't want me. You didn't care about me. You sent me money and that was it. And I'm not going to do anything to make you feel good about yourself. I don't know. Cause I don't know what I would do in that situation. I mean, part of me probably would be angry as well and wouldn't want to carry on the family line, but then could I justify not being happy if that's something I wanted just to make someone else angry? That's the point I was going to say is that I don't think I would make that decision. I would never let someone um, who has hurt me and destroyed me to that degree um, cause me to change what's going to make me happy. So if having a family of my own and imparting love and strength and, and confidence and in, in someone that I have brought into this world is what I want to do and what I have in my heart to do, I would do it. Mm -hmm. But Simon was only doing that to spite his father. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, your father is dead. He don't know nothing now. You know what I'm saying? So you saying that um, was out of anger and hurt and I get it, but I don't think I would have responded in that way to say, I'm not going to have kids for you, you do know? You think, do you think he really wanted to have kids? Deep I down, think can you that tell? he didn't know family. Like he wasn't yes. a family. He never had a family. So it wasn't like he didn't want that. It was just foreign to him. Right. Because as the storyline goes on and we talk about that, it you can see his um, countenance kind of change when you see his the Duchess with a little baby. And even though he still tries to keep the stoic, like stone, like this is how I am. I feel like he wanted kids. Mm -hmm. He just was going to make himself not have them because of what he said to the vow he made to his father. And I've, I've heard that before, like some, some men who don't know their dads or dads have been really, you know, have been absent or really abusive in certain ways. So like, I don't want to have kids because I don't want to be like my dad or I don't want to mm. do the same things to my children that were done to me. And so they have a like true fear of having kids because they don't know how to raise them because they right. were raised. So that makes And I think that point is real. And I think that point makes more sense or I can understand that point a little bit more in that regard in terms of like, I don't want to be like my father. Like, I don't want to bring someone here and hurt them like I was hurt because maybe they just haven't dealt with that, which most right. of our queens and kings don't deal with the trauma that they've experienced as young children. That's why it translates into adulthood. Um, but again, that's another topic for another day. Um, but again, he specifically didn't do it to spite his dad. I don't think it was ever like, I don't want kids. It was, I'm just, I want you to know. I want you to die with this. Knowing that I'm not knowing. Because it, it hurts it, you where it's like, you hurt me and yep. I'm going to get you where it hurts. Like, yep. you thought and you wanted you're another gonna kid die. and you got one, but it's going to die with me. Like, there will not be another Duke. Yeah. Your line will not continue, which was the most important thing to him. Right. So I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. And let's, look, while we're on the Duke, the Duke, his speech impediment never completely went away. I don't know if you paid attention to certain points after he got older where it kind of came back. 
No, I think I missed that. I was going to watch it a second time, but I just started it. So no, yeah, you'll I missed have to, it. You, it. It came back like when, when him and Daphne um, weren't really talking and he saw her dance with someone else and he was talking to Lady Savior because I can't remember her name. Me um, he got like a little um, speech impediment there too. Oh, so and see, it's, it's probably, of course, it stems from, you know, that emotion, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. because yeah. I know she taught him um, like structure and to just think before you speak, you know, because often, and I'm not a speech pathologist, but from my little, little, little bit of knowledge, um, when that happens, it's just um, like an overstimulus, like of your mind and it transcending to you coming out of your mouth. So he knew how to speak when he got to be like, what, seven or eight, the second time he saw his dad, it's just, again, that fear that crept back up from his father so, just calling himself. I just thought about while you were talking mm -hmm. is I didn't mind him having the speech impediment, but I wish he almost did it because why does the black character have, character have to be flawed? If you look at all the other characters. <sighs> Listen, are we going to go into the black? Because you know, the whole thing for me was all about black and you already knew that this was all I took away from this. So if we're going to transition into go, this, let's do it. Right into it. Go right on into it then. Let's go. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> Let's do it, okay? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media platforms at The Real Play Podcast. We would love to hear from you, so leave us a comment, DM, or voice note. And don't forget to come hang out with us on our next episode.